you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host, Gemma, and today we are continuing with our Business Matters series, looking at all things business right across the north of England. Today, I am joined by one of our TFN board members. It's Councillor Craig Brown. He is the Deputy Leader of Cheshire East Council, and also there, he is the Leader of the Independent Group, Chair of the Highways and Transport Committee, Vice Chair of the Appointments Committee and Ward Member for Alderley Edge. Hello to you, Craig. Hi, Gemma. It's good to speak to you once again. Great to have you here. You've uh, you've been on our podcast before, so thank you very much for coming back. But for those who perhaps haven't heard that episode, just introduce yourselves, please, and give us a little bit of, uh, of an overview about your, your work in Cheshire East. Yeah, so sure, as you were saying, Councillor Craig Brown, Deputy Leader of Cheshire East Council. Uh, Prior to becoming a councillor, I managed a number of international projects funded by the EU and as a result of that I've worked in probably most parts of Eastern Europe actually. Got a particular affinity with Romania where I've worked on a number of humanitarian projects actually and I might just uh, make a little reference to that a bit later in the interview. Uh, Lastly I became a charity consultant and that involves supporting a, a number of charities across the UK to grow and develop. Well, that's fantastic to hear about your uh, your charity work as well as um, the many roles that you uh, you hold on the council and of course on the uh, TFM board as well. So today we're talking all things business so give us a quick insight if you could about the type of industries that have traditionally been based in the Cheshire East area and what the business landscape looks like today. Sure, so I think it's fair to say that Cheshire East is a real borough of contrasts. Uh, We have urban areas, uh, but we also have quite a lot of rural areas as well. So in the south of the borough, there's a big manufacturing um, sort of uh, industry we've got around crew in particular, um, companies like Bentley. Um, Of course, in the north of the borough, we've got a concentration of biosciences. We've got the the world leading uh, bioscience hub at Alderley Park um, and, of course, uh, AstraZeneca at Macclesfield as well. But also, you know, the visitor economy is incredibly important to Cheshire East. We've got attractions like Tatton Park um, as well. Um, And of course, we've got financial services such as Barclays at Radbrook Hall. Um, as well. So it's a real, uh, as I say, borough of contrast. Mm. Uh, that's great to hear that there is such uh, such diversity. And in fact, from just the couple of episodes that we've, we've done so far, um, all areas of the North really do um, enjoy that range of, of business interests. And it's uh, it's fantastic to, to, to hear about. What would you say are the main benefits to setting up shop, as it were, in, in Cheshire East, but also right across the north? What, how, how do businesses benefit from being based up here? Well, Cheshire East um, in particular is, of course, a great place to do business. Um, employers have got access to a very skilled and educated workforce. That's um, one real plus, I have to say. We've also got world-class facilities on our doorstep. Um, For example, we've got the Jodrell Bank um, Observatory um, owned by the University of Manchester. We've got the Manchester Metropolitan University campus at Crewe. We've got the North Cheshire College campus. We've got Macclesfield College. 
we're just a short journey away from, of course, the University of Manchester's central um, campus. So there are all these opportunities to have um, a skilled workforce. And if you need to retrain or even upskill your workforce as an employer, there are all these providers either within Cheshire um, or on our doorstep um, just a, a short distance away. Um, and of course, we've got, of course, Manchester Airport uh, on our doorstep as well. And um, I, I can't not get this in. We've got HS2 coming to crew uh, in the very near future as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, well connected, obviously potential for, for better connections, but it's really important as, as you reference, and again, as, as, as our previous guests have, rents, have referenced, the, the skills, the people power, the the drive and passion of um, of people in the in the in the north as a you know sort of very um, uh, a very willing a very able workforce is uh, is a is a real bonus for for businesses. When it comes to um, the the transport interventions, then and that connectivity, how how does transport enable business opportunities, and what are the specific interventions that you'd like to see? Um, I think the most specific and obvious one we, we've touched on already, haven't we? But the, the biggest transformational opportunity exists with High Speed 2. Um, it offers the opportunity to really put crew, but also Cheshire East and, of course, the wider um, the wider sub-region on the map. It's, I already said Cheshire East is a, pl a great place to do business. Um, this project um, is done properly has the potential to make Cheshire East and the North an even better place to do business. But I think it offers something for us as well. It offers us um, and potential employers access to more markets, um, access to more suppliers and access to more skills. So I said we're already a very skilled and educated workforce, but where employers feel that they need to bring individual specialist skills in, it will make it much more easy for them to do that. But, um, and there is a caveat with all this, the government's ambitions really have to align with our own. Um, so we need to see a multimodal hub station that enables people to get to and from crew really easily. Um, and what I would say as an example of this, there's no point having a fast train between Manchester crew and Birmingham, for example, if it takes half an hour to travel the six miles from Sandbach to Crewe in the first place on local roads, um, or indeed if people on the outskirts of Crewe have to wait half an hour for a bus to get to the town centre. Um, so I think HS2 is incredibly important, but those local transport connections are in many senses equally important. Mm. It, it, it's like a, a, a sort of a, a, a blood vessel system, I suppose. You know, you have the, the 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 main large vessels, but then you need those arterial routes as well. And of course, the point about all of these um, connections is it's not just good for doing business itself and for people accessing uh, jobs, but it makes their quality of life and their their leisure opportunities uh, so much more improved as well by helping them get in around more. 
Now, you've been on the uh, TFN board for uh, quite some time now. I'm not going to risk getting it wrong and saying by trying to remember how long that is. One thing that we always talk about is that um, the importance of the One North approach, bringing everybody together to speak with one voice on a regional level. How do you think that helps with improving economic and business opportunities for our region? Yeah, so I joined the TFN board back in June 2019, it was actually, so it's coming up to three years now. Um, and I have enjoyed the time on the board immensely. Um, we've had some good discussions and it's been great just to have that meeting of minds and information exchange with other northern leaders. Um, but I think the biggest um, contribution it makes is it enables us to speak with one voice, uh, not just to government, but to business as well. Uh, and it means that we can we can also collectively promote everything that our region has to offer. And I think in doing that, it helps to take away some of the parochialism um, that can sometimes occur and helps us to focus on the bigger picture for, for the whole North. Um, so, for example, I know that road maintenance is something that we all struggle with as, as local authorities individually um, due to budget pressures, but all local authorities had a reduction in their core funding settlements for this year. And the, the chickens of that under investment are now coming home to roost, but it gives us an opportunity as leaders that are all in the same boat. Uh, we're all experiencing the same pressures to, to come together and, and say, this is making it really challenging to keep our roads safe and fit, both for business, uh, but also for communities and residents as well. Absolutely. One of the uh, things we touched on, touched on it a little bit earlier on, you know, the importance of transport is not just about getting from A to B, getting from, you know, your home to your to your workplace. It's actually an enabler of so many more options for, for every area of our lives. A lot of people have been talking again on this podcast and in other arenas regarding the social challenges, social mobility, left behind neighbourhoods and the, the, the various challenges that different communities can face. Talk to us a little bit about um, how that um, how that is in, in, in the Cheshire East area and how you think that improved transport options can, can support social mobility as well as economic opportunities. So I did say at the start of the interview that I spent a, a part of my earlier working career in Romania and so I do think that societal challenges in the UK and Cheshire East in particular do need to be seen in context. Um, I have seen some really, really um, sort of poor examples um, but as I also said at the start we are a borough of contrast um, so it's a bit of a generalisation, but the north of the borough has aspirations and expectations um, and the south of the borough, uh, particularly around Crewe, of course, uh, has relative deprivation coupled with need. So transport, of course, can play a, a key role in, to, in help, helping to make it easier for people to travel around the borough. Um, and I don't just mean, you alluded to it a moment ago, I don't just mean leisure activities. Um, I mean primarily about helping people to access employment opportunities uh, but also decent housing um, and I mentioned housing also because in parts of the north of the borough it really isn't very affordable um, and this makes it particularly difficult for young people who of course 
are our economic future to stay here um, and they can be attracted out of the borough um, to to live in places where it's more affordable for them to buy a home. It is a real challenge, isn't it? And um, again, we've spoken to it with um, with other guests on the podcast and in various kind of you know events and and things that we've been attending. That actually retaining talent, enabling people to take up those extra or different or better opportunities within their own area or at least within the north um, is so important and transport has a massive role to play in that. It does. I mean, we've obviously seen a change in this during the course of the pandemic where we've got um, a, a much larger number of people working from home, mm-hmm. um, but that won't last forever. And I think that there is a, uh, a need for people to meet each other again. Um, and to exchange ideas in a face-to-face setting. Um, And transport clearly is going to play a very big part in that. It's going to play a very big part in um, employers and businesses being able to access those supply chains. Um, And if the transport infrastructure isn't there to support that, um, they will be competing in a market with one hand tied behind their back to start with. And when, um, tell us, give us a little bit of insight, if you could, Craig, to those who are possibly not um, well versed on how sort of um, local local authorities work. When, when you know, plans for transport and business opportunities kind of arise within the within the council, what do what do residents and, and businesses say ab- about the importance of transport in 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 those in those plans and, and aims? I think transport is the one factor that always gets mentioned. Um, Clearly as an authority, when we have the opportunity to do so, to develop either um, a new economic plan or a new industrial policy um, or or a new transport policy, of course, uh, we always look to engage with not just our residents, but also the business community as well. Uh, And that can be directly um, or it can be through organizations such as the the local enterprise partnership who are the strategic voice of business for the for the area um, and major employers such as i mentioned before bentley's and, and alderley park and, and barclays and uh, and the like um, and the, the thing that always comes back um, skills obviously um, are always a key point uh, but transport and that connectivity the connectivity north to south within the borough Uh, isn't that bad. Um, The connectivity east to west is a completely different scenario. Um, I think I mentioned this on my previous podcast, but in order to to travel from, for example, Wilmslow to Macclesfield, uh, which is about a six mile journey by road, it's necessary to go out of the borough into Greater Manchester and then out again. Um, Now that can't make sense. It's so... Every time it's always east-west connectivity, whether we're talking about across our region or within different parts of our region, everybody is saying north-south's not too bad, but that east-west just doesn't work. I don't know why. I'm sure there's somebody who's got some uh, well-informed theories on that out there. It's a microcosm of what um, the, the wider arguments and the wider discussions we're having in TFN about Northern Powerhouse Rail, which again, of course, is about that connectivity from the East Coast to the West Coast um, and the importance of people being able to travel across Pennine. Mm. 
Funnily enough, you could do it. Um, you could do it by water. You can start at the. Uh, you can start in Liverpool on the Leeds Liverpool Canal, and then you can get all the way across there, and then you can get over up to um, right out the way to to Goul. So uh, yeah, you could do it on. Uh, you could do it on water. I Maybe think most of our employers and most of our residents probably have higher aspirations than travelling by canal. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit slow, but very enjoyable. Um, I just wanted to touch a little bit more about HS2, Craig, because obviously that's a massively important project for Cheshire East. And you've already spoken about the importance of the the crew hub and there's obviously strategic um, plans in place for, for that zone. How is that going to support businesses? And I suppose it already already is, but how's that going to, to grow and grow as, as the project develops there? Yeah, well, we've developed um, as a council the Crew Hub Area Action Plan, uh, which sets out how we expect the, the town of Crew to develop um, as a result of HS2 coming. Um, everything really centres around the, the Crew Hub station, uh, which we're still waiting for a funding commitment on. We were really pleased to see uh, reference to it within the integrated rail plan, um, but as yet there isn't a specific funding commitment to a multimodal hub station. There is simply a commitment to five to seven trains per hour um, and a couple of extended platforms with some new signage. So clearly we have greater aspirations than that. Um, we want to uh, invest in the area around the station and develop uh, effectively an enterprise zone where we use business rates retention um, in order to um, offer all kind of incentives to businesses to, to move in. Um, and of course, they will then have access to uh, that high speed route to uh, to Birmingham, London, Manchester. Um, they'll have access to a much wider uh, catchment area of potential employees. Um, and of course, they will be able to get to their supply networks um, a lot more easily. And of course, you know, that's not just about huge benefits for crew, but as you say, it it, it comes out much wider as well because then from crew you've got better access through into north wales up to the up to the wirral up to the um you know the um west side of um of our region from there and then um beyond out of that you, you referenced the um the irp there so we had a big year last year with some of those key national policy documents and initiatives so we, of course we had the integrated rail plan we had the union connectivity review towards the end of the year we had the bus back better strategy and um, we're awaiting the leveling up white paper what are you looking for in 2022 in terms of those national policy developments and, and how would they fit into supporting um, the North to reach its full potential? There's a couple of things in particular uh, that we're looking for. Um, investment in infrastructure to support the transition to electric vehicles is an absolute must. Um, current provision in Cheshire East lags behind many areas. It probably in large part due to the rurality of the borough. Um, we do need to improve the charging capacity for public use, not just, I mean, we have in our planning policies already set out that new builds have to have um, an electric vehicle charging point included with them, but we're working with energy suppliers at the moment to try and make the public uh, charging points uh, become a reality. But we're not going to achieve that 
without government support to help it happen more quickly. Um, the other thing is we, we did, um, and I want to say we did welcome very much the government's Bus Back Better initiative. And at local level, we've been working on that to develop a bus service improvement plan. Um, and we've outlined within that document, which has been submitted to government, the investment that we need to deliver a viable bus network. Um, and of course, we're also working with private operators to try and help deliver that. But in areas like Cheshire East, which are in large part very rural, it is a significant challenge and it's not going to be achieved without significant and also long term investment. Again, you know, I've had so many conversations on this podcast at events, that rural challenge, the importance of buses in particular um, for, for rural communities is always highlighted. And again, it just goes to show the importance of transport for the north, because whilst, you know, we're um, a, a very large region, a very diverse region within each area, very similar if not the same challenges and opportunities of course are being faced and that again is really why the value of TFN is bringing all those voices insights experiences together and um, to you know not only showcase the importance of investing in our region but you know sharing that best practice sharing ideas and, and understanding and learning from each other um, which only does does the whole region good on that note, to uh, to wrap us up, Craig, how how can pan regional bodies like TFN continue to be the champions of the the case for invest investment and highlighting the full potential of our region? And what are you looking forward to in 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 your part of uh, of doing that for the year ahead? Well, I think Gemma, by bringing the leaders of the various local authorities across the north together. Um, as I said before, so that we can discuss the issues that matter to all of us, um, not parochial matters, but matters that actually we share in common, so that we can formulate a realistic and a costed set of policy proposals that address those common issues. Uh, what I think the North really needs, however, is greater capacity across its transport network. We need integrated smart ticketing that applies across the whole of the north not just within city regions um, we need fixed price per mile journeys so that commuters have certainty but also so that they have fairness so that a journey of 10 miles costs the same no matter where it's being made um, or what mode of transport is being used and i just want to leave with an example um, again a few years ago i i worked in Brussels and uh, there I could buy a one day, a three day or a one week travel card. And that allowed me for, um, I think the three, three day travel card was 10 euros. Um, and with that, I could travel on any underground metro, any underground or overground tram or any bus for free. Um, and this is what we have to aspire to if we're serious about achieving that modal shift in behaviour, but also if we're serious about really making a difference to our environment. Thank you so much for joining us uh, once again on the podcast again. Um, it's been great to speak to you, great to hear a little bit more about the uh, opportunities and challenges within Cheshire East. And we uh, look forward to hearing from you again, particularly um, as our board meetings go on for the, for the year ahead. 
Thank you very much, Gemma. It's a pleasure to join you once again. Thanks so much, Councillor Craig Brown of Cheshire East Council. Uh, please do make sure to stay in touch with TFN. Uh, in addition to our podcast episodes, you'll find us over on Twitter if you search for Transport for the North. That's the best place to get all the latest news right, right as it happens. We're also on other social media channels as well. So join us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to sign up to our All Points North weekly newsletter by popping your email address in the box, which is at the bottom of the homepage on our website, transportforthenorth.com. Thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.